Hello, listeners of the Calvary Cast. This is take two. I am your illustrious host, which I said that before, and I like it. I'm Graham Parker. You are? I'm Jess. Miller, not illustrious. That's right. Uh, I'm not even, yeah. Are those claps or snaps? What are you talking about? In the song. Mm. There. Right there. Is that a clap or a snap? Mm, I'm not sure. I have to do a deep dive. I don't think there's any way to really know for sure, but just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious too. That's our new song. Did we have that on the last one or no? We did, yes. And I got a positive comment on it. Really? Yeah. Do you mind if I ask who? Do I know this person? Yes, you do. He's the only person that ever comments on the podcast. Okay. Are you going to take a guess? No, I wasn't. Do you mind sharing it? Do you think that's Andrew? Oh, Andrew. Okay, cool. I'm glad he's listening. Yeah, he listens from time to time. That's good. We had a big debate about our chosen podcast. I could have him on to play the the other side of the chosen. He argument. likes the chosen. He likes it. He has officially been removed from our missionary <laughs> support. <laughs> Maybe this is a good time to announce that. <laughs> so that wasn't where we were intending to go. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, he'll he'll enjoy that we were making fun with him. Yep. So that's right. Anyway, we are recording episode 60 today, and uh, got some things we want to talk about and share with the church, things that we thought we could give a little fuller explanation of, right? That's right. Yeah. So we are going to talk about what we are doing on Sunday nights. So we are, if you're completely unaware, we are going to be starting some Sunday night programming. We are going to be doing uh, a children's ministry program, an Awana-type program, and we are going to be having a class for the adults. Uh, it's basically a Sunday school class, an Old Testament survey. And so we've been communicating that for a while. And so we thought, let's just talk about why we're doing that and kind of our philosophy behind it. That sounds good. You want to uh, shoot from the hip? and Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just generally, we um, we already had youth on Sunday nights. Right. I'm leading that this year. Mm-hmm. So I'll be teaching our youth program, uh, seventh grade through 12th grade. The Book of Mormon, is that what you're going through this year? Yes. Oh, how's that going so far? Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, of course that's not true. Actually, we are going to do, right now we're talking about um, last week, well, we started the first couple of weeks back after, uh, you know, a six-week summer break. We we started back with just defining the gospel very simply uh, the first week. The second week, Kind of in connection to that, the idea of faith in Jesus as the way, the truth, and life. And we looked at that at John 14. And then um, the week before Labor Day, when we met, we talked about um, baptism mm. and the importance of baptism, what it signifies, and the importance of it. And I think that was good for them to look at. There's a number of them that have professed faith in Christ, and I think it's time for them to be baptized. Yeah. Um, and then this week we're going to look at the Lord's Supper and mm-hmm. what we're doing in that. So kind of those uh, discipleship um, like the basic, ordinances. Ba- yeah. yeah, basic elements of discipleship. Yep. And then uh, after that, so that's what we're going to look at Sunday night. And then a week from Sunday, I have another topic I'd like to talk to them about. It's actually one of the ones I talked about up at um, uh, family camp. Oh yeah, you just came back from your whirlwind uh, conference speaking tour. I know that was yeah <laughs> three three days and four sessions. Is there a book deal going. coming soon off of this? Uh, maybe uh, unlikely though. <laughs> but um, so that was up at Twin Peaks Family Camp, and so I was a speaker this weekend. 
and that was good. But uh, so I there's one thing that I want to talk to them about in connection with discipleship and just kind of combining that with the idea that we are they're coming up in a um, post post Christian culture. Mm. So post Christian culture was just kind of re-questioning truth and uh, biblical Judeo-Christian principles and uh, people choosing not to be called Christian anymore or just live indifferently to the gospel to a post-post-Christian culture, which I'm saying is more like an anti-Christian culture, yeah. where if they're going to follow Jesus, as we've, we're talking about in baptism, we're talking about the Lord's Supper for disciples, and the idea if you're going to be a disciple of Christ— you will be hated by the world mm. and rejected by the world. And that's something relatively new for Christians have to experience in our culture. So I want to talk to them about that for at least one week, maybe two, and then we're going to dive into uh, some uh, uh, a form of a New Testament survey. So cool. we'll look at each of the books of the New Testament um, with a bird's eye view, obviously, yeah. and talk about some of the things of date and author and what was mm. going on and all that kind of stuff. And then maybe the... Um, the gospel connection through each one, yeah. you know, the, the biblical theology of redemption that you find in the new Testament as well, awesome. which is what you're doing with the old Testament. Right. Is that, is that a cue for me to talk about that? Yeah, I think it'd be good. No, oh, that's a nice segue. Uh, yeah. So then on Sunday nights, as we, we've mentioned to you, if you're part of our church and you're listening to this, uh, I did last year for the youth an old Testament survey where we walked through every book of the old Testament and, uh, outlined it and talked about author and date and all of that. But what I want to focus on more this year as we do this with the adults is the the biblical theological survey of the Old Testament. So we want to look at what is the whole story of the Bible telling and how does each book in the Old Testament contribute to that story? Because that's what biblical theology is. It's, it's, a, it's an attempt uh, to find that center or the story of the Bible and then the different elements that help us understand that. So typology, seeing proper types in Scripture as they point forward to the fulfillment in Christ, um, the, the seeing and understanding the covenants contextually, um, seeing the order of the books, how they're laid out in the Hebrew Bible. All of those things help us understand uh, the Old Testament and the story that it's telling. So so as we get together as adults each week, that's how we're going to we're gonna just take a book of the Old Testament. We're going to look at what part of the story is this telling and what are the contents of it or the key themes that we need to see and then again how does this ultimately find its fulfillment in christ because he is the the end of the story that's wonderful so now we should touch on and i think we've maybe we've maybe we've explained this to people so if it's redundant i guess you can skip forward or whatever but um we're doing this on sunday night we've typically done sunday school in the morning mm -hmm. and we decided to move it to the evening uh because we had youth already on the evening and because we've decided to start our children's programming in the evening. And we thought, well, hey, if parents can be bringing their children on Sunday night, why not keep them around? And mm -hmm. then you can stay, and there's something for you as well uh, that we're going to be teaching and, and instructing you. Um, and then there's also just another good opportunity to get together and, and fellowship with one another. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, we've done Sunday school at Calvary probably as long as it's been um, around, right? Yeah. And so we're just trans transitioning Sunday school to Sunday yep. evening because we're not we're not doing away with it per se. But um, and I think with our congregation, we're going to get probably a more participation yeah. in, in that evening time than we yeah. would in the morning. 
and um well and the other benefit of it is that there's not quite the rush like you have on sunday morning so we have a little right. bit more time to just focus on what we're teaching in the sunday yep, school yep. hour and you're not rushed to get to the to the right. worship service and things like that and so. I, I there is something to me because see we our priority is that worship service every week right so it's like and we, we we have biblical reasons for that. We think that assembly of God's people to worship him corporately mm-hmm. is a priority of our yes. week, right? And, like, it's super important. And to me, when you have Sunday school right before it, which the Bible does not command anywhere to have, <laughs> right? So right. Sunday school is not a biblical command. Right. But so if we, if we play Sunday school right before it, in my mind at times it might, it could it could help sometimes, and mm-hmm. I think it did to the worship service. Like it could be a a primer for worship. At other times, though, it can be um, counterproductive and be a little too much for sure. us one Sunday morning. I, I'd rather us coming into that worship service fresh. Yeah, and even for our teachers, including me, because mm-hmm. I was teaching Sunday school, and I'm I'm going to admit, like once summer came around every year because we didn't do Sunday school in summer. I was happy about that because mm-hmm. I'd have that whole morning. Mm-hmm. I didn't get up in the morning on Sunday feeling rushed. I felt like, okay, I can go and have own, my own private devotional time right now. Plus now look through my message, prepare my heart to go in and be praying for people and stuff. It gives you a little more time in the morning. That And what we're trying to say is everybody should be doing that. Right. So we want the whole congregation to be, um, you know, Engaged, engaged and in that morning. Don't don't use it necessarily to sleep in the whole time. You can maybe sleep in a little bit. I understand people right. work during the week and you only get so much time to maybe get a little extra sleep. But if you got to be here by ten o'clock, right? You know, get up by seven. Well, yeah, some of them are like seven. I can hear Mary. <laughs> Even if you got up at eight, <laughs> you can have a eight. full hour yeah. of Reading private your Bible time and, and take your shower yeah. and get dressed and head in. Yeah. And so I, I mean, that's what we're recommending. And this is an important point because, and I, I've had this misconception in the past, right? That like, I don't really need to spend time in my Bible and in prayer on my own on Sunday morning because I'm going to church and that's what we're going to do. Right. But there is a, a fullerness, well, that's a, a fullness, a richness that comes from being prepared to come to church, yep. to minister to others, to hear the word. Like, and so we want to encourage that. Yeah, I'm I'm all for preparing your heart before coming to worship. Yeah. Which actually should begin the night before. Yes. You know, the uh, Jewish Sabbath began the evening before oh. at sundown, right? Is that why? And then, so it goes sun, sundown to sun... Uh, sundown the next sundown day. Sundown right? to sundown the next yeah. day, right? So, um, I don't know. But I, w- I don't know if that was why. You asked, is that why? Yeah. I think... There could be some principles derived sure. here. Like, and I'm not saying, I'm not one of these guys that says on Saturday evening you can't go do something right. or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, choosing a bedtime that isn't going right. to make you sleep in all the way till church starts yep. or isn't going to make you super tired in the morning or whatever. I mean, uh, Saturday night for the world can be stay up as late as they want because they yep. sleep in Sunday, but Saturday night for the church maybe could be, I call it at a reasonable time yep. so I get enough sleep so I'm not dozing off yes and i i see people dozing off at times and i can get up at a reasonable time to be prepared that's right yeah it's making those kind of choices yeah just to make to get more out you know to to honor god more Mm. for your sunday morning worship yeah so all that is kind of backstory i guess of why we are moving our adult sunday school program 
to the evening. Yeah. Then the other thing we we probably will spend the rest of our time talking about is our children's ministry. So yeah, why we should, are we doing that? And we should talk a little history of that because okay. in some of this, what I'm about to share, I shared with um, the leaders of that, the mm-hmm. teachers and volunteers of that uh, just last week or was week before. Anyway, before we had a meeting, we were talking about what we're going to do with this children's ministry. And so some of this is what I share with them. But the first aspect I went over was the history of Calvary in children's ministry. So about 10 years ago when I got here, uh, we had Awana. They had had Awana for decades. As a matter of fact, the wall by the bathroom was filled with Awana plaques and awards and all that. Wow. That's, they, it was, we were an Awana church, and um, and that was great and wonderful. And when, when I got here, um, they would have just in, what is it? Is TNT the main age group, I think? Which one is That's in? like, what, third through sixth or yeah, something like that? Yeah, I think they had 40 kids in that alone. Wow. Now, plus, like, cubbies and, and all that. Sparks. Kind of so, Sparks and cubbies. And you had... So you had uh, probably 60, 70 kids sometimes here for Awana. And a lot of those were kids from, a number were from our church, and then a whole bunch of them were from mostly Christian homes. Okay, so by that I mean they they at least professed to be Christians. They went to other churches, but their church didn't offer a children's program, so they brought their kids here. And uh, that was really, it was a great program. But our people were getting really, because Awana is a uh, volunteer-intensive program, so we had a lot of volunteers, and I think over the years it was wearing on them. And so we had to decide what we were going to do because um, the year before we stopped, we were looking at who we were going to have in the following year, and we had, I think it was down to eight or nine volunteers for 50, 60 kids, and it just wasn't enough. I mean, there's a lot of kids and not enough volunteers. Yeah, because you need leaders and game helpers, and you need verse listeners and all this kind of stuff for a full Awana program. So we did a vote of affirmation, and the congregation agreed it was time to step away from Awana for for right now. Um, So we have been without an official children's ministry program for a number of years, with the exception, of course, is Children's Church, which has kept going, and Sunday School. VBS. And VBS, mm-hmm. but that that extra non Sunday morning yeah. or whatever, an Awana type program, an Awana type yep. program we haven't had. So we had been talking about it though for a while. Mm-hmm. Like we need to be instructing our kids right. or helping parents in this, and we need to be providing something to the church mm-hmm. that helps out with this. And as we had been we had been talking about that, somebody came to us and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, I'd like to start. I think we should do this, and I want to get it going." And that was kind of the providential, yeah. you know, spark that got this, yeah. got this rolling. Right. And we think, we think children's ministry is important, especially now in the day and age in which we're coming up where uh, I think it's time for churches and families to not, to actually raise the uh, aggressiveness mm. of their children's discipleship, yeah, both in the home and and in the church, because of the bombardment we've experienced from the world of ungodly, unbiblical ways of thinking. Well, in a in a way, right? Like we've kind of laxed as a culture and as a church culture for for a number of years because we lived in a moralistic society, right? And now the the facade of that is gone, and yep. we saw the results of it. Right. And now, like, yeah, the facade is gone. We know what kind of world we're living in. And so, yeah, parents double down. <laughs> you know? Yes. So we want to be, as we put in the purpose and vision, you know, we want to be um, 
another tool in the hands of parents that are serious about obeying scripture and discipling their children. Yeah. So our two real ideas, I think for that were inscripturation and indoctrination. So inscripturation, we want kids to be learning Bible, memorizing Bible, um, and just cramming it into their little brains as much Bible <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Whether they really understand what they're memorizing or not. At that point, it is seed planting. God will have to give the growth, you know, but but just embedding in their minds scripture and so scripture memory. And then the other part is an indoctrination. And that's where we chose to do a catechism as well, which we'll talk about in a minute. So having that those fences put around them, doctrinal fences around children so that even if they don't fully understand right now all of what they're memorizing in catechism, down the road that'll bear fruit and they'll be able like to detect wrong teaching when it comes around. They might not even realize it, but I, I remember driving along with my kids one day and Ashley, our oldest, we were listening to a guy on the radio who was really uh, off the rails, you know, as far as doctrine. And he said something and Ashley goes, that's not right. Hmm. That's really not what he just said. Isn't right. And, um, and I thought, that's really awesome that she knows that's not right and can detect it. Well, that was a lot through inscripturation and indoctrination that was coming to fruition as she was getting old enough to, like, listen and say that's not right. So catechism is uh, the other part of that that we'll do, and we'll talk about that directly in just a minute. But so that's kind of our goal for what we're doing here. Um, and, and then secondarily, um, this may turn into... Uh, a, a kind of an outreach of our church, mm-hmm. both for un, unbelieving or unchurched families, or um, or churched families in the community, um, and and so it may spread out into that. But this year we decided to just focus mainly right. on our the kids we have here. But I want to make it clear, as I made it clear to those leaders that night, we're not turning any families away. So right. if you know of a family that would like to come and bring their kids to this, they're welcome to bring their kids yep. to this. They can, we'll sign them up. They can be a part of it. Um, we, or if your, your kids have friends or whatever, we, in, we want to encourage that actually. It'd be great. Cause we have a small group of kids this year yep. as the core. So even adding some to that would be good for everyone's sake, including theirs. But we also do see this as a potential, influence um a way of influence and in that with families in the community down the road yeah awesome so should we talk about the two programs we chose yes let's do okay so the first one we chose is awana okay and um we are not doing the full-fledged awana and probably not even the full purpose for awana as they have it written out probably Awana is more of the inscripturation aspect of what I talk about. Mm-hmm. Awana has a good structure for kids memorizing verses, mm-hmm. and they get awards and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And um, we like that, and it's already in place. Mm-hmm. So we're using Awana for that. Mm-hmm. Awana's main stru- uh, design when it when it was launched and probably is still to this day is more of an evangelistic outreach tool for a church. Mm-hmm. And we're not using it for that right now. And there are certain aspects of Awana we're not necessarily going to be a part of. Like we're not going to do the the games in in the city or whatever right. when the, the churches Olympics. get Olympics. No, they don't call it. It's the Awana games. The that Awana you go games. And compete at we're not doing that. that. We're yeah. not going to do the um, the thing where they go off and compete. 
Bible knowledge yes. and different things. Yep. Those are great things, but we're not going to focus on those, but right. we are going to use the Awana program. Yep. And what the way we're calling this, we're calling this Calvary Kids. In parentheses. Parentheses, <laughs> Awana. <laughs> so we'll use the terms interchangeably. Right, exactly. But I think the important thing with that is that when we say Awana, it's not maybe what some people's uh, yeah. understanding of Awana Though I, is, I, I would venture to guess that as this is going, if you're, if kids have been in Awana before, they're not going to notice much right, of a difference. Exactly. No. They're really not. So right. I don't think it's not going to be Awana. Yep. It is Awana. But it, it, but we're we're going to pick and choose what we're going to use yes. and 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 that kind of thing. Um, and so that's why um, that's why the second and one of the reasons we're doing that is because of that indoctrination aspect. Right. We wanted a catechism. Now, for those some in our circles, the word catechism is a naughty word. <laughs> and when they hear that word catechism, immediately they're thinking, um, Are you Catholic? Roman Catholic yeah. Church. Okay. And it is absolutely true that the Roman Catholic Church has a catechism and they catechize their kids. But the Greek word katecheo actually means to teach, right, or mm-hmm. instruct. Mm-hmm. And the reformers and the pro- the Protestant reformers from the very beginning hmm. began developing catechisms for their kids, beginning with Luther, yeah. okay, and going all the way through church history. And there are many catechisms to choose from, historic yeah. ones. And then we found what, what is called the New City Catechism. Mm-hmm. And these, a catechism is just a structure. It's not Roman Catholic. It is a structure of indoctrinating your kids mm-hmm. and, and putting fences around core beliefs for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it uses question and answer. So, uh, you know, who is God? God is the eternal creator, you know, whatever it is. You're, you're getting... A question, and then you're filling out an answer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and this is a good way of teaching children. Right. And when you're when you're in home, you can you can ask those questions, right? Um, like the the most f- famous and well known catechism question was, "What is the chief end of man?" Hmm. Where most Christians can answer that, the chief end of man is to uh, glorify God, glorify God, and enjoy Him forever. Right. Right. So. That's catechism, right? And and I think it's a wonderful way of instruction. Yeah. And so our actual instruction time will not be from the Awana program. Mm-hmm. That's going to be just the doc, uh, the verses, the verses, and then the the catechism yeah. part's going to be the instruction. Another reason to do this this way is because I plan on going through this new city catechism with the youth. Each week, we'll spend five ten minutes on a question. I'll encourage them to memorize it, those kind of things. But five, ten minutes on a question, and um, we could do it through in, to the with the adults as well. Either we haven't decided oh, yeah. that, but in a service or on Sunday night, you could do the same thing. That's good or uh, you, you're really going to have to watch your time. That's going to be the only problem. <laughs> That's true. But like we could also do it through via email, the weekly email. Yeah. We send that out. Here's the catechism for the week. Mm. Um, you know, we can find creative ways to do that. But the whole the whole church then can be somewhat going through this yeah. and, and hopefully the kids will be memorizing it. And, and, and we like new city catechism because it's new, right? <laughs> it's, it's a new catechism. And, you know, the original catechisms, as I heard somebody just describe it not too long ago, they said they developed those so that they could teach their kids to not be Catholic. Mm. So they're putting the barriers around. We're Protestants. This is right. Catholics. Here's what we teach. And and maybe the need to put those barriers up for, against Catholics may be somewhat there to 
to a degree, but mainly we, we deal with other issues too, like right. gender and marriage and, and things like that. Right. So, so we incorporate in this one is good in, in those areas. So, um, so we're using something a little newer and, and updated yet the truths are timeless. Yes. So if you compare these, this catechism to some of the old earlier catechisms, you will find the same truths yep. permeating through them. And so, you know, inscripturation, Awana, indoctrination, New City Catechism. And I think the combination of those two for our kids is, is going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. And for, like, our kids to go through it and for uh, other kids in our church to go through it, we, we pray it's helpful for them. Yeah. And we pray that, um, you know, our church, we, we want our church to grow with people of every age group, mm-hmm. but with people in uh, childbearing years, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. with little kids and it, it, we want to see that. We hope the Lord will use this program yeah. in part to do that. Um, and then to help parents who are here, uh, d- disciple their kids, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in a really tricky culture. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on this? Or is that it? Again, I just want to emphasize, I like with what we're doing here and what we're encouraging parents to be engaged with their kids and be very aggressive in this yeah. in this period of time we're in because um, because there is just so much out there and with the introduction of the smartphone and internet and everything this has been even harder now it's harder to raise children now hmm. in the nurture and admonition hmm. of the Lord than it ever has been yeah. in the United States yeah because now we're going into that anti-Christian culture and so now we've got to really really double down on what we're doing and be purposeful and intentional in being engaged with our kids, both as a church, but also as, as parents, as a family. So we hope that this in part is communicating the importance. We think uh, that the Bible, the emphasis of Bible lays on discipling our own kids. This is not just, uh, we're trying to fill up our week with, with stuff. We think this is really important and we want, parents and the people of our church to to see the same value and to commit to doing this so this is your uh exhortation right Mm -hmm. be here on sunday nights commit to it five o'clock sunday nights uh show up adults stick around we're going to walk through the old testament hopefully that'll be really helpful and you learn to read your bible we're going to be discipling the kids and then you disciple them throughout the week and then come back the next week and just make that a pattern Mm -hmm. of your life Well, we hope this podcast has been helpful, again, explaining what we're doing. Uh, We want our people to know why we do what we do. Uh, We love to hear from you, so you can always, if you know us and you're part of our church, just come up and talk to us, text us, give us a phone call. If you're outside the church, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Calvary exists for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.